This is Living Forever, Not an Option, a podcast brought to you by Care Dimensions, a provider of hospice, palliative care, and support services in Massachusetts. Your hosts are Lynn Skarmis and Mary Crow. My name is Mary Crow, Director of Professional and Community Education at Care Dimensions. I am so pleased today to have on the show Robert Hagopian, who is an amazing chaplain of ours at Care Dimension. So thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, holiday survival strategies and tips for coping with grief. Thank you very much, Mary. I'm, I'm very happy to be with you again and to be able to bring hopefully a measure of peace to everyone who sees this program. And I thank you for all you do in our communities. You make a huge difference for so many people. It, it's, it's just amazing. Everywhere I go, people ask me, do you work with Mary Crow? <laughs> well, thank you so much, Bob. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so, you know, I know there are some people on, that might be tuning in today that have not met you. So would you just mind by starting to just say a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you very much. Um, I've been a minister now for 23 years, I'm ordained in the United Church of Christ. I retired from my parish after 19 years in 2017. I've been working at Care Dimensions now. It'll be seven years coming up in March of 2022. And uh, but I've been in the hospice field all told about nine years. And I, I love my work. I really enjoy it. I, I serve on a team that visits people in uh, assisted living and memory care. But as we all do, we all mutually support each other in this organization. And I have to tell you, this is the best work I've ever done with the greatest people I've ever known. And I think it's so important what we do in this, in this field, helping people in the most critical phase of their lives and the lives of their loved ones. So I'm, I'm honored again to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. And I, I totally agree. I'll tell you, so, you know, here we are. Do you believe we're talking about the holidays? I know. Oh, goodness, did this year whip by? Yeah. And, and what challenges people have faced, Bob? You know, so, you know, I, I really think that this is such an important show because the holidays are challenging to start with. And yeah. certainly the pandemic added to that greatly. But, and, and grief, certainly, again, this is so pronounced for people. So let's talk a little bit about why, why is it so complicated? Why are, the, why are the, the holidays so complicated for people? Well, I think it's primarily because the holidays are part times when we get together with our families and friends in person. You know, we sit around a wonderful table, there's delicious food, there's fellowship, uh, we're catching up with relatives we may not have seen in a long time, and we're thinking about those who are no longer sitting at the table with us, you know, the people we have lost over the past years. And uh, it's, an, it's, a, it's an important time for people to come together, and we were talking about this before the program started. I admire people for the spirit that they have, the human spirit, that despite all that's going on and despite the restrictions that we have lived through and are still living with, that we're still managing to connect. And I think it's important to encourage people to find new ways to connect, either virtually or somehow in person, you know, to make it work and to be safe, which is the most important thing, of course. Uh, so that's why I admire you for what you're doing with this show, because I'm hoping we can give some good ideas to people and help them think about ways they can stay connected and, and, and enjoy the holidays because they are meant to be enjoyed. 
yeah. And I think that's part of the double-edged sword, isn't it, Bob? Because again, you know, I, I think, so when people are grieving, it's a challenge for people because, you know, the holidays, right? The media tells us this is a time to be, you know, happy and joyful and celebratory. And when you're grieving, uh, you know, it's it's like just getting up and putting one foot in front of another is is exhausting. And here we are, there's so much pressure that gets put on people. And, and you know, like I said, grieving, it's not a passive process. It's, it's, it's a very active process and it's exhausting for people. So don't you think that that adds another component to it? Absolutely right, Mary. I, I don't think I could have said it any better than you just did. That is exactly the problem, is that we're being encouraged to be happy, to buy things, spend money, you know, whatever, because this is, you know, business. However... It's hard because our grief tempers our joy. And the thing with grief, as you and I both know, and I'm sure many people who are watching this understand, there's no statute of limitations on grief. So it can ambush us at times when we least expect it. And I've always felt so much compassion, extra compassion and understanding for people who lose loved ones during the holiday time or the buildup to the holiday time because it changes everything for them. And, you know, I find that you and I, in the work we do, we're here to try to help them find ways to be able to cope with that new reality of not having their loved ones at the table with them uh, at the holiday times, but to be able to find new ways to remember and celebrate the lives that have been lost and the meaning those folks have in their, in their, the survivors' lives, the meaning that's still there, still, it's still valid, it's still very much alive within the hearts and minds of the people who are grieving. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, again, nicely said, Rob, I think that, you know, it, there's so much, the media is telling us that the holiday the holidays come from the stores. Uh, they, it doesn't come from the stores. It's it's from the heart. You know, when we lose somebody, a piece of that has been ripped out, hasn't it? Uh, so so it's really, again, how, how do we navigate it? You know, so there's just so much pressure. Uh, like I said, in holidays in general, holidays are supposed to be, uh, you know, even aside from having a loss, they're stressful and they're overwhelming for people brings up old losses for people too even if it's not a recent loss so it's so it's a complicated time and i i think that people don't always feel uh the freedom to feel the way they need to feel you're absolutely right and i think it highlights the fact that in human nature the human being grief and stress and loss are cumulative like you just mentioned it brings back memories of people who passed away years or decades ago and that's okay to feel that way. It's okay. And I think that's part of what I, the, the initial approach I make to this in my own work is that to acknowledge the person's pain, their loss, their sorrow, and, and not say to them, oh, you know, it's been years now, you should be over this. There's no such thing as getting over loss. We get through it, but not over it because it's part of our history. It's part of who we are. And these people meant so much to us yeah. that you know, there's no way we can just erase that. That, that. That's impossible. So we have to find ways, I think, and I know the work you do really helps people to do this, is to embrace the sorrow, embrace the grief, and work with it, carry it with us. Uh, because if we don't do that, if we don't engage it, it will, it will do so much harm. Right. Yeah, you know, I think people look at grief too. It's, you know, like it's, grief is not something to be cured. 
you know, the grief is, it's something that actually, because that's when you said about getting over it. This is, grief is not something to be cured. We kind of look at it in that way, right? That there's something wrong. No, grief, you know, what we, it's not to cure grief. It's really, we need to reconcile, right? That, you know, it's really coming. There's a reconciliation about the loss that we've endured. And, you know, so it's like coming to terms with that loss and, but we're forever changed by it. And, and so I think that, again, it's important that, that people understand because I think people feel the pressure around, I'm supposed to be acting a certain way. I'm supposed to be over it. And I think that's some of the societal pressure or terminology that we use sometimes when, um, you know, grief is not a disorder. It's not something to get over. It's not something to be cured. It's very real and the feelings are very pronounced for people. So I think, again, we need to tend to that and, and allow people to feel everybody's grief journey is different and and to to honor that amen absolutely right and, and because we are all unique and our grief is experienced very uniquely by each of us and because we're the only one we had this specific relationship with these people that we've lost that other people didn't have that they, they can't relate in that specific way um and i do want to do want to make a point too of this because i believe the word you use is perfect reconciliation Reconciliation acknowledges the reality that is around us, the reality of why we're in grief, but it helps us to be able to process it in a healthy way so that we can continue to move forward. We still carry it with us. It's part of our history. And so I love that word reconciliation that you use. I think that is perfect for this. I also would like to say, because I try to bring people together and make peace, if, if at all possible, we have good friends and family members who will make statements to us that hurt us, but they're not intending to hurt us. Like, you should be over this. The, the intent behind that is not criticism, I think, in most part. I think it's the loved one or the friend who is concerned for the person grieving and, and doesn't want them to still be in pain, wants them to feel better. So sometimes they say things that they don't understand are not helpful or maybe hurtful. But I would like to encourage people to realize and maybe recognize the, the benevolence behind these statements and to be able to say to that person, you know, I, I think I hear what you're saying. I think I understand that you worry about me and you care about me and that means so much to me. But please understand that this is not something we get over. This is something we get through and we get through it with the help of people like you, people like our friends and our families. And I think that helps, it might help people understand a little bit better about what grief really is and how it's so particular to the individual. And if they really care about these people, they're going to want to help them in a way that those people can understand, that their friends can accept and receive and find a measure of peace and healing. Yeah, absolutely, Bob. It's I do. I think that in in people's attempt I, and and the awkwardness around it, right? We don't want to talk about it. We don't want, and it's hard for us to to really uh, embrace. Or I don't even. I, I the tolerate in a word isn't good enough for me. I always like to not just tolerate another's feelings. I want to embrace them. And yes. it's hard to do that when people are suffering. And uh, so I think this is good for people who have loved ones who are grieving to look at other ways too to educate themselves on things that can be more healing in terms of the words that we express to them. And so it's hard. I think it's our own anxiety sometimes that people say things that aren't really helpful. And, uh, you know, so there's ways that we can educate them around that as well. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I, I totally agree. And I would like to point out to everybody that 
you know, there are grief counselors. We have an incredible team at Care Dimensions and our Bertillon Center for Grief and Healing. They are trained and they are devoted to help people get through. And I know many of them, I've worked with them. They're just awesome people. And uh, so I encourage our viewers to consider reaching out to people like that. Seek the help. One one point, and, and you're probably going to make this later on here, but sometimes we think we're alone in our grief and that no one else understands or no one else has been through this. It's amazing when you find out that we all have this in common because we're all human. And grief, although it manifests itself specifically to each individual in certain ways, in general, it affects all of us. And it's not a sign of weakness to reach out and ask for help. Yeah. It isn't at all. It's a sign of strength because we know we're acknowledging, you know what? I don't think I can cope with this on my own. So let me seek out people who can help me. And the professionals that are devoted to, to help are there. And I encourage people to consider that and, and even talk to your medical doctor, start there and, and see, you know, what, uh, what help can be brought to bear. Yeah, excellent, excellent, Bob. And I'll tell you that, you know, because we're talking about holiday survival, right, tips, strategies and tips for coping with grief around the holidays. That's one. That's a big one is like you say, reach out, ask for help. We all need it. We all need that support. And like you say, not a weakness, it's a strength. And uh, so it's uh, it's important to know. And not everybody knows the resources. So I'm glad you brought that up. There's other ways of, of reaching out and looking towards what's available in those ways too. Excellent. So let's talk about this. Let's spend some time. And let's look at some more survival tips. Bob, what do you, you know, what would your suggestions be? Uh, what should, and there's, there's so many, but what are some of them that you think could be helpful to people of getting through the, these holidays when they're grieving? Thank you, Mary. And, and you've put together an incredible list here that we're working with uh, today in this program. Uh, and we're going to touch on some of these because we don't have, a, you know, we don't have a whole day to do this, although all of these are wonderful. And I would encourage people to look for resources like this because they're out there. And you can even Google it, you know, it's there. The first thing I advise people to do is pause, take a deep breath, breathe it in, breathe it out. I always, when, when folks are dealing with crisis, with stress, with grief, with sorrow, I first try to help them center themselves by doing deep breathing exercises. And it, it can be just like a minute or two. It, it doesn't take a lot of time. But the benefit of it is amazing because it just relaxes the person. It helps clear their mind. It helps them open their perception better. I think they can hear and see more clearly. And then just acknowledge with them, you're human. It's okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to cry. There's nothing wrong with crying. God gave us tear ducts, not just to lubricate our eyes to allow us to get those emotions out because if we keep them pent up inside they will eat away at us like a cancer we have to get it out and that's why people like yourself me the people we work with we're here to listen we're here to help people get it outside get it out here where you can see it and together we can address it so we have to acknowledge that i think the first thing we're human sorrow is real the sadness is real the loss is real and the holidays are real. Absolutely. And like you, like you say, there's so many external pressures that are making us behave a certain way, which we can't do. 
we need to be ourselves. We need to be our unique selves. And I think that's a good place to start. I think it's a great place to start, Bob. And because and, I think people, again, around the holidays feel like they have to put on, like they have to, you know, put on this persona or this facade and pretend to, to be happy or something they're not right then. And so I, there's always that element about permission, right? And, and yeah. getting permission from others is hard enough, but giving permission to ourselves is even harder. Uh, so I, I, I love what you're bringing up here because, again, if people can allow themselves to feel the way they need to feel. I also want to take this for people that are listening in the audience too, as survival tips and to help somebody who's grieving, allow them to express the feelings that they need yes. to feel. And again, you know, we, we can have both set of emotions here, you know, joy and pain can live in the same home. Neither has right. to be the other. So how do we uh, allow both of those to be a part of this? Amen to that. Perfectly said. So what are some other things, Bob? Talk about some more. Sure. Well, I think, too, because we associate traditions at the holiday times, gift giving, gathering, decorating the tree or the Hanukkah bush or whatever we're doing, those can those are associated with the people that are part of our orbit, part of our family, part of our friends. And when someone's missing from that, it affects those traditions. So I think examining those traditions in advance saying, okay, what do we want to keep? What do we want to lose? What do we want to add? You know, uh, a new tradition that we have now in the memory of the loved one. It's not to remind us of the pain and the sorrow. It's to remind us of the life that these people lived and how they affected us and how we affected them. You know, what blessings we were able to gain and give in that relationship. So something that commemorates them and celebrates them. Yeah. You know, every time I do a funeral, I call it a celebration of life. It is an opportunity to come together to grieve with the people that are there to support us and love us. But it's also a time to celebrate this person and what they mean. I don't say meant, I don't put it in the past tense, what they mean to us every single day. Absolutely. And, you know, having something like that, establishing a new holiday tradition Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever, Kwanzaa, you know, whatever the people's tradition is, find something new. Find something that you can add to it that reminds you of that person and reminds you of the joy that person brought to you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you can even incorporate, too, like I know some people, Bob, will even uh, set that extra space at the table. They'll even do something like that. You know, when I when my father died uh, a few years back, it was it was right before the holidays. And it and there were certain things that I really missed. And one of the things that was so special to him is that he had this fixation with a with a particular place of strawberry shortcake. Um, so it was just for him. He was the only one who ate this thing, right? But he wanted a strawberry shortcake. Well, at the holidays came and, and our family got together and I went out and I bought the strawberry shortcake. Nobody ate it, but we had it placed on the table in my father's honor. Uh, you know, and it really, again, and I've never had a holiday since that I haven't had a strawberry shortcake at. Uh, and again, it's it's a way of, of really, like you say, commemorating to really uh, memorialize him in that way and just let it, he's always a part of that. Right. He's always Absolutely. That is so beautiful. I, I've, I've never heard of, of using a favorite dessert, but I think that is absolutely priceless. And, and it means so much to you and your family every year. I'm sure it's just it's beautiful. He's there. He's still with you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So tell us some more, Bob. This sure. 
so many. I just want to make sure we uh, we give people as many tips as we can in this brief this program. Absolutely. I think, too, it's, it's good to talk with your family members in advance about the loss and the fact that we're now coming up to this holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever, that, you know, th- the person is not going to be there. And we know we all have to acknowledge that. So finding ways together, and I think it's a way to help bring people together in their grief and also in their love to say, okay, how do we want to do this? You know, what do you think? If you had any ideas, discuss it. Get it out in the open. That is, that is, I think, in very, very important. And also um, knowing what you're capable of doing. Right. I, I, and, and sometimes we might not always know it, but we get a feel. There's going to be a lot of pressure, huh, Bob? Like for because people want you to be a part of it. They don't want to leave you out, so they're gonna. But sometimes just to have permission to to do or to not do as much as as possible. You know, and I always like to say to people too always have your escape plan. So you might you might feel obligated to be a part of or even go for a short period of time, but have your escape plan. So whether you drive yourself or you go with somebody who also will leave early, uh, just say in advance, like you're saying, I, I'm, I'm probably not going to stay a long period of time, but I will be there for a while. And so that you cannot have to feel the pressure once that's happening. Right. I think that's an excellent point because we can be feel very torn about that. And I think um, if if we put ourselves, sometimes we have to push ourselves a little bit and that's okay. But like you say, know your limitation. Don't push yourself beyond your limitation because you're going to just do more harm to yourself and the people who invited you to this event or whatever, your family, friends, they might feel even worse thinking, oh boy, I wish we hadn't had, had, had him come or her come. It's better to, to, to enjoy it and know when to say no, know when to, to walk away or to just excuse yourself. And, you know, explain that to the person, the, the host, and say, you know, I, I really appreciate you having this party. It's always been so important to me. I'm here today, but I may not be able to stay as long as I usually do. I hope you understand. And that I'm sure it will help them understand, but also help them understand that by doing that, by having you there, they're trying to give you some joy and that they're contributing to helping you heal. Again, communication is key. Honest communication, loving, caring, compassionate, listening, you know, is so, so important, especially about, you know, around the holiday times. Absolutely. What else would you suggest? Well, I'd like to too address the fact that there are children usually involved in families and large families and and, uh, even not large families. If there are children involved, talk to them, you know, be honest with them. Um, I have found it amazing in my ministry over the decades now, the children have a wisdom that we don't give them credit for. And when the holidays are seen through the lenses, the eyes of the children, it makes them more simple, magical, direct. And I have found that children can be our lifesavers. So embrace our children involve them in this acknowledge it they're feeling grief too in their own unique way and don't try to shelter them or hide them from different things be honest with how you're feeling ask them how they're feeling allow them to express it i think that is very very important because the children need to have a voice in this absolutely we need to hear them and they need to hear us there's a lot of healing that can happen there absolutely yeah too to have other ways of memorializing so you know whether it be you know what do you suggest about planting a tree uh maybe 
but get you even choosing a family that maybe you're you're going to sponsor you know for the holidays in terms of gifts what other things can you suggest around that absolutely i think what you're you're touching on here is action things things that we can do we're humans we need to do something and sometimes it's good to do something with our hands especially when you can produce something you can look at look i did this i made this so considering about you know Christmas card, holiday cards, the different traditions, sending letters, you know, whatever to each other, finding ways to, to do that, maybe make it fresh, maybe make it new. Um, I love in particular the idea of, of volunteering in your loved one's memory. At the holiday times, there are great needs out there for the homeless, for the, the, the poor, the people that are destitute are at the holiday times, especially in this day and age with COVID and the economic issues and job issues. If you can put your grief into action to bring healing and help and love to other people, that healing will come right back to you. It's amazing how it works that, you know, you're doing something good and do it in the memory of the loved one. You know, my, my, my grandfather always loved to do this. So I'm doing it now in his name and his memory, or I'm helping people in his memory because he always wanted to do that. So action, take action and do things, new things, traditional things, whatever. But put it in the terms of you're celebrating and honoring the person you've lost because this is something that was important to them. I think and it could be a new thing that will become important to you going forward. Yeah. And, and I think it's good, like you say, you have to set an intention and push yourself a little bit because I, I, it is. It's like the, the last thing you feel like doing is kind of putting yourself out there. And, and it's hard when you're feeling really so, you know, so grief stricken. But right. it's, it really is healing in a way. And, and something I do want to point out, too, that is near and dear to me, I'm a foodaholic. Okay? <laughs> I walk by a table full of food. I gain five pounds just by looking at it. And I think we need to, we always need to be conscious of our baseline. In other words, don't go beyond that. If you overeat at the holidays, which we're all encouraged to do because it's all around us, that can have consequences. And we've got to be careful about our health. Also, alcohol intake. You know, that is an important, alcohol is a depressant. It may, you know, initially make us giddy, but eventually it's not, it's going to drag us down. So knowing your baseline as far as alcohol consumption and food consumption is critical. You need to take care of the body because the body contains the soul. And in order for our soul to be healthy, our body has to be healthy too, our minds and our hearts. Absolutely. So I can't stress that enough. And sleep and uh, and and exercise falls into that too. It's so absolutely people, uh, to take care of themselves, right? It's a time mm-hmm. when it takes so much energy, and it's even more important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely right. And take it from someone who's not good at self care. I will admit that. Uh, for all to know, uh, because it is hard. It's very hard to take care of yourself. And sometimes we indulge in things we shouldn't. But believe me, it will get us through this much better if we're taking care of ourselves and all those things you're mentioning. Nutrition, exercise, good good things to do, fun things to do. Yeah. Giving yourself that ability to have, knowing that you still can laugh, you can still have fun, and you're not at all denigrating the memory of that person. That Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, Bob, again, as I always say, I could talk to you for days on end and just always be invigorated by it. And here we are, we're, we're at the end and we need to wrap up. I can't thank you enough for spending your time and giving your heart to us in this way and sharing uh, some really important points with people who are out there uh, and really struggling around the holiday time and who are grieving. So thank you so much for being a part of this today. 
You're very welcome, Mary. I'm always happy to be with you and, and share these ideas. And I, and I know you're bringing great healing and help to so many people. So thank you for all you do. Thank you so much, Bob. Thanks for listening to Living Forever, Not an Option with Lynn Skarmis and Mary Crow. To learn more about Care Dimensions, please visit our website at www.caredimensions.org or check out our podcast website at www.caredimensions.org backslash podcast. We would love to hear from you with questions or comments. Please feel free to email us at podcast at caredimensions.org And of course, you can always call our office at any time. The number is 888-283-1722.